I gotta have the, the the cookies, you know. I gotta have the 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 donuts. I gotta have some honey buns. I gotta have all those moon pies, you know. I gotta have that good stuff. So I do eat some fruit and vegetables. Uh, she buys a lot of that, and 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 I do eat some. And today we're talking about fruit, so I'm going to talk about fruit. Uh, I eat some fruit, but not a lot of fruit. And I found out by going shopping with her that I'm not a good fruit inspector. I'm just not. I don't understand the the tapping, the thumping, the smelling. You know, you got to feel the firmness and and look at the colors and all those things. I just can't get excited about shopping for fruit because I'm not excited. I'm really not that into fruit. But spiritually speaking, I'm supposed to be all about some fruit. I mean, remember what Colossians 1.10 says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We're to bear fruit. And so the three imperatives that we discussed last week, those are, those are actually examples of spiritual fruit. Remember, God wants us to produce the fruit of judging rightly, condemning sin, forgiving as He does, and and giving for His glory. This is what real disciples produce. And He expects us to do these things without hypocrisy. We talked about that last week. So the reason given to us by Jesus to live this way serves as as, as really is twofold. It serves as a, a blessed promise to us and also a warning to us. Remember, at the Bema seat of Christ, our sins will not be covered. Uh, if, we're, if you're a Christian and you're standing at the Bema seat of Christ, your sin is not going to be covered. It's been dealt with on the cross. That will not come up. But how well we did in our attempt to accomplish those four imperatives, that will come out in that examination. Remember, how we judged will be judged. How we forgave will be, um, you know, that'll come up in the examination. And the same measure we used in dealing with people in these ways will be the same measure that Jesus will use with us. That's what the Scripture says. And those imperatives cause us to speak uh, speak righteously when judging, when uh, condemning sin, when forgiving others, and giving for the glory of God. So today's scripture, we're going to focus. Um, we're going to we're going to focus on these things. But the very first word in today's scripture is the word for. So that's why I needed to cover those other things. So because this passage we're looking at begins with another word for because, we had to go back and look at those things. So today we're going to see the importance of having a right heart when choosing our words to carry out those imperatives. So turn to Luke chapter 6 and hold on. This is going to be really, really good. Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, before I read the passage, I need to define some of the words in this passage so we can get everything that we can out of it, okay? So Jesus is going to speak of, of a tree, and the tree is representative of our, our lives. We are, we are planted here on purpose. The Bible tells us that we are here for the glory of God, to reflect the glory of God. 
Okay, so the tree represents our lives. The fruit in this context, in this context, the fruit represents our moral um, moral words. What what comes out of our mouths because of our nature. Okay, so there's good fruit and bad fruit. Bad fruits we have we have two different natures if we're Christians. All right, so the fruit is our words that comes out of our nature. The heart. He talks about the heart. You got to understand what the heart was back then. The heart was more than just an organ. It was the hub. <clears throat> they saw it as the hub of their being. It included um, it included their minds, where their decisions were made, their their conscience. Um, where where they kept the knowledge of good and evil, and uh, they, it kept their their values and their priorities. Those were stored up in the safe of the heart, and it's where we draw from in our well of emotions. So this really is the heart. Really is the hub of our being. Now he talks about a good person, and that good person is he's he's calling a disciple who has the. The, the relationship with Christ, the imputed righteousness of Christ, he calls that a good person, and a good person, he says, has good treasure. Now, that good treasure is the new nature of a Christian. It's the love and, and salvation of Christ, the implanted presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and, and opposite, he also mentions an evil person. That's, that's what he, he references uh, an unbeliever as, under a person who's under the, the complete control of the sinful flesh, apart from the salvation of Christ. And because they're of that nature, then they have an evil treasure. And that, that is that old nature. That's the presence and ruling nature of sin, the spirit of rebellion against God. So he's going to use these terms, so keep these in mind when we're reading these uh, three, sor- three short um, verses. So Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 43, says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, let's, let's keep this in context. Because of the phrase, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, we see that Jesus is specifically addressing the fruitful words that we use when, he, when, we, when, we use, when we're doing what he just told us in the few verses earlier, judging, condemning, forgiving, and giving. So the right words used in these situations will point to a loving and righteous heart, but the wrong words, the wrong words will point to a, a hypocritical heart. All right, so we have, we've got to keep this teaching in context of the passage because the other parts of the Bible talk about fruit as our as our actions, our our actions, and so. But here he's specifically talking about words being used in those four those four imperatives. All right, so here's some things that I, that I just need to point out in the passage today. One is that all people bear fruit. Everybody bears fruit. And remember, he's talking about words here. There is ample evidence that people say good and bad things in this world, right? I mean, some just make up stuff just, just to be heard. You know that. You know that's true. Everybody wants to be heard. Everyone wants to make their mark on this world. That's why social media is such a huge thing. 
I mean, look at what people willingly endure just to get their words out on social media. Let me walk you through this. All right, so first they they sign up for a social media service, you know, Facebook or Twitter or or whatever. And they give strangers some of their personal information. I mean, some of those things you sign up with, you got you got to give your phone number, you've got to give your birthday, you got to give personal information, and we willingly give that up. And then we agree to download their program, their software, on our devices. We give them room on our devices to store their software that you know tracks our movements, that spies on us, gathers data for profit, and and tries to sway our opinions. You know this. But we we accept that as as you know the payment for for being able to get our our voice out and then and then we also give them the right to send us constant intrusions into our lives and you know what I'm talking about like like Pavlov's dogs every time we hear the notification ding our heart jumps and our ego salivates you know that's true and and we don't care if we're going to have to deal with carpal tunnel syndrome from a tiny little qwerty keyboard or or have neck surgery from reading our devices on our laps we willingly open ourselves up to ridicule on these sites and on top of that we sacrifice rest and personal conversations and the possibility of a stolen identity just to tell the world something like i just i just gave my dog a bath and here's the pictures to prove it. Smiley face sticker, cute emoji, hashtag good, clean, fun. If you don't bathe your dog every day and bake his food every night, you're a wretched, no good, animal-hating, loser, pet Nazi scum of the earth. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And I have to, I agree to read this. Ah, Look, I, I, I don't need to go on a limb here, but your dog will eat anything as long as they can run through the, rood, run through the woods and, and, and roll in forest fertilizer that that's what that's what's the truth about your dogs but we endure i gotta get back on subject we endure all these things because we want the world to hear what we have to say so everyone says something everyone although not all of it is worthwhile so jesus is saying that everyone has an opinion about the actions of others and speaks out at times some verbal communication is good, some of it not so good, some of it is just not helpful at all. But as disciples, our words need to be helpful. People are getting plenty of the other kind. So all people bear fruit. Secondly, the heart dictates whether fruit is good or bad. I mean, what does he say? Good heart will put out good fruit, bad heart will put out bad fruit. Now remember, the heart is the hub of our being. It includes our, our minds, where the decisions are made, um, the, the knowledge of good and evil stored in our conscience, that, that value and, and priority part of our lives, and, and the emotions that we draw from, right? So in context, our, our words are formed in our hearts, I mean, you got to think about heart as the complete hub of your being. So our hearts write the sentences that our mouths, our mouths are going to voice. Remember that old, that old phrase, "garbage in, garbage out." That that's what he's referencing here. What goes into your heart, into the central part of your being, is going to come out of your mouth. So if you if you want to judge rightly, if you want to condemn condemn sin, if you want to uh, forgive and give in His name. 
What is in your heart will shape those expressions. For example, let's say your friend is participating in a certain sin, okay? And you love your friend. You got to say something to him. And so uh, if your heart is filled with an unrighteous anger, your advice to him will come across like you're mad at him or even hate him. But if your heart is filled with compassion for him, for for mercy, for love for him, you, you, you tend to say things in a more loving way. See how that works? What is in our heart will absolutely affect our words. And number three, likewise, those fruits, the words, are indicators of what is in our heart. If our words are directed by our hearts, then our hearts are visible by our words, right? Jesus said each tree is known by its fruit. We are, we are known by our words. Look, in the example I just used, your friend's participating in a sin, and you love your friend, you've got to say something to him, and your heart is broken for him, and you said things out of love. Look, he, he, he may not agree with you. He, he may not even like those words at the moment, but he will realize your love and concern for him. Maybe he'll even come to his senses. Maybe not, but he will know that you care about his spiritual state, and he will remember that. When, when he's in trouble, he knows that you love him. Maybe he will even ask why. Maybe he will see Jesus in you. So in, in context, our words mirror the state of what's in our, a state of our hearts, what's in our hearts. And if we make it known that Jesus has a prominent place in our hearts, maybe they will see him. All right, so those three verses are, are I think they're very serious. You, you, you got to understand that word choice, word choice is, is, is important because words can be very beneficial, but they can also be dangerous. So we have to choose our words wisely. Now, I've got some great news for you. You're going you're to really like this, okay? I read an article uh, uh, in, uh, a number of years ago. The, the Associated Press released a study by a school in, in Iowa, and it talked about what it takes to produce a hundred bushels of corn from one acre of land. And these are the things they listed out. Okay, there, there are many hours of the farmer's labor, of course, but there are four million pounds of water, 6,800 pounds of oxygen, 5,200 pounds of carbon, 160 pounds of nitrogen, and 125 pounds of potassium, 75 pounds of yellow sulfur. All of these things are included in this. And there's a lot of other elements too. They're just way too many to list. So in addition to these things, there has to be rain and sunshine at the right time. In fact, they estimated that only 5% of that yield, 5% of that produce of that farm is attributed to the efforts of the man. So if we're honest, this is what this article says. If we're honest, we have to admit that the same, the, the same is true in producing spiritual fruit. Sorry, had, got a notification there. So that tells me that we, we try and we strive and we do our best, but it is God who accomplishes this through us. Now, I mean, let me remind you of John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine. You know that passage? And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That means we have to produce. 
And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, means we, we, we get better. He makes us better, that it might bear more fruit. Already, he says, already you are clean. He's talking about believers. Because of the word that I've spoken in you, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that. But he is the one that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is Jesus' teaching about fruit. So this means that God has made us good through salvation. And remember, it's not of our own doing. Ephesians 2 says that's all on him. And he set us up for doing good works. That's the bearing fruit. He set us up for those things by cleansing us, filling us. And if we stay connected with him, he will help make fruit a reality in our lives. All right, look, let's run with that analogy for a bit. This is really good. You've got to get this. Jesus grafted us into his being. You know what grafted is? It means to uh, attach, to connect, uh, to join. And so Jesus connected us to himself. He grafted us in. And the goodness and the spiritual nutrients that he has are sent through that connection to us. Everything that we need to survive and thrive comes through that graft. We don't have to make up the good stuff. He provides it for us. If we're rooted in Him, that good stuff flows into our lives. And until we are so full of that fruit, until we're so full, we don't really produce. Or until we're so full of those nutrients, we don't really produce. But once we're full and it's pushed out of us, because we can't possibly hold all of the goodness of God inside our, our meager little lives, right? It produces fruit. And our part of this process is, is just holding on. I mean, holding on to that graft. I mean, cleaning up the avenues where the spiritual nutrients can come through and bearing the fruit of the weight and, and occasionally, um, you know, accepting some pruning. We really don't have a lot to do with this. I mean, we strengthen, of course, through prayer and Bible reading. We, we clean those avenues out by dealing with the sin in our lives, and we bear the weight by, by presenting the truth, okay? And, and we do it. We have to be pruned. We're, we're okay with God cutting out some parts of our lives, and, and that's it. This is great news. We're not alone in this. He helps us with this. I mean, think about it. God didn't say, He, he didn't simply say, this is what I want you to do. Go do it or else. And when you go to heaven, I, I, I will judge you. He, he did not simply say that. This is, this is more what he says when you take it all into, into, into one, one message. And Jesus says, look, this is what I want you to do. You ready? You got this? Look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to, to judge. I want you to condemn. I want you to forgive. I want you to give. I want you to go make disciples. I want you to worship together. I want you to love one another. And don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I'm right here. If, if you're overwhelmed, run to me. I am your strong tower. I will help you. Look, don't, don't sweat the devil. He, he wants you, but he can't have you. You're mine. So stay close to me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. My spirit will help you. I fixed him in, into your heart. Now listen to him. His fruit will be evident. His fruit will be evident in you. Look, judge rightly, condemn sin, forgive and give in my name, and don't worry about what to say. Don't worry about it. I will give you the words at the right time. So let's do this together. And when you get here, 
This is Jesus. Remember, when you get here to the place that I've been preparing for you, you know, the room with your name on it, the bed that doesn't sag in the middle, the rocking chair on the porch, overlooking the eternal beautiful morning, the place at the table piled up with some of that really good food that I was talking about earlier, the honey buns and the moon pies and whatnot, desserts first. Your spot in this sanctuary... Your spot in this sanctuary that, by the way, is not going to have a gazillion steps or, or even basketball goals in the worship space. When you get here, we're going to revel over our victories. Remember, I am with you. I am I'm for you. I am pro you. And nothing, nothing can separate us. That's the message of Christ. I told you it was a really, really exciting part of this sermon. So the meaning, the meaning of this whole passage... The meaning of, of this this whole this whole part of the scripture is as a well I read an, an article uh, on a commentary by uh, the Benson, on the Benson commentary and this is what he writes I think this is so good he says the meaning of this whole passage is as a tree is known by either good or or bad by its fruit so a man is known to be either good or bad by his words especially when he speaks of the characters and actions of others. On such occasions, he will either by a charitable and mind or mild constructions which he puts on the doubtful actions of others show himself to be a good man or by his uncharitable and harsh interpretations demonstrate the wickedness of his own heart. That is, that is so good. That's what Jesus is saying here. So how do we apply this? How do we, how do we accept this and start working on it right now? Well, it, it's very simple. One, agree to work on your heart. Just, just uh, say, all right, I'm going to start working on my heart. I'm going to guard it. It's the wellspring of my life. I'm going to allow God to pour into it. I'm going to read His Word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen to, to uh, biblical podcasts and, and, and good Christian music. And, and I'm, I'm going to work on my heart. I'm going to deal with sin immediately when it happens. I don't want to spend any more time. So agree to work on your heart. That's the first thing. Second, just choose your words carefully. Be a little more choosy. With, with your words and with the timing of your words, look, we're, we're not perfect. Our emotions come up and we're often swayed by the, by the activity around our lives and we sometimes respond wrongly because of those things. And we have to go back and rebuild those communication lines with people. So, so we must pray and take time. And allow God to help us choose our words rise, wisely and then, and then look at when best to say those things. Remember what Jesus said in, in Matthew, don't, don't cast your, your pearls before swine. They, they don't see the value in that, right? So we got to take our time in, in giving out this valuable truth so that they'll be best ready, uh, best ready to, to receive it. All right, the third application is simply just, just get to it. Speak up and be fruitful. you got to speak up and be fruitful. Remember, don't be afraid to be the one who sees the pit in, in the harmful situation. Someone's got to look out for the pit or else it's the blind leading the blind. And so when you see those things, when you see actions and harmful things in people's lives, you got to warn them. Judge rightly with your God-given words. Con condemn those sinful things, those evil things, using words of mercy and compassion for people. Forgive them if they repent and confess. Forgive them with, with love and with an embraced, an embraced love. And then give, 
give with with a, a verbal acknowledgement that this blessing is from God. Remember, you can do this. This is not impossible. It is difficult for us sometimes because we do have this this duality of nature. I, I want to do right, but also sometimes I'm tempted to do wrong. This, I mean, Paul, the greatest greatest apostle to follow Christ. I mean, he he wrote so much of the the New Testament. He said, "I'm torn." It's like I'm two people. Why do I do what I know I shouldn't do? And why do I not do what I need to do? Who will deliver me from this wretched person that I am? Paul recognized this. And so we have this duality in our lives. And we could be tempted to not live this way. But you absolutely can do it. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. God will help you. And when you fail, ask for forgiveness and then start again. Just do it again. You can do this. But you can't do it apart from Christ. If you do not abide in Christ, you will never bear any good fruit. You just can't do it. That's what the Scripture says. Now, you might be able to do some good things, but they're not going to be for the right motives. They're not going to be for the right intentions. They're going to burn up when you stand before God. But if you abide in Christ, if you keep your life connected to Christ... You are able to bear good fruit that is lasting, that will be rewarded in eternity. So Christian, you can do this. You can do it. Just commit to it. Non-Christian, would you allow him to, be, uh, to graft you into his life? Would you just confess your sin and acknowledge your need for him? And repent of your sin, turn from it, and turn to Christ and allow Him to be the ruler of your life. Trust in Him to save you that what was done on that cross was enough to cover your sins because God already said it was. You just have to acknowledge it. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be grafted into Him. That is available to you. Would you pray that today? Would you pray that right now? Look, I'll lead you. Let's pray together. If that's you, you know it. Pray this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need you because I can't do this on my own. And I want a life in heaven. I want a relationship with you. So I'm going to turn from my sin to you. Please forgive my sin. Fill my life and come into me. And I'll promise to live as best I can for the glory of your name. Thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, He saved you. You are grafted into the vine and you can start bearing fruit once that He starts flowing those things into you and filling you with His Word and His Holy Spirit and His presence. All of that fruit will come in time. In time, that will come. But you can do it. Well, thanks for listening today. And I hope this was a blessing to you and encouragement to you. I'm loving studying this sermon. It is so good. So next week, I'm going to talk about the, very, the, the last part of this sermon, which is building your house, uh, the importance of building your house on a rock and not on sand and what that means to us. So check back in next Sunday afternoon. We'll have another, another download of these things. But until then, be blessed. Have a great day. Call me if you need me. I'm pulling for you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. 
For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.